0: your source for everything cool about gaming. It's episode 49 and I'm Rhodes Clark.
1: And I'm Brian Swanson. How's it going, man? It's going well.
0: Um, Yeah, I never want to work again. What about you?
1: Um, I mean, I kind of like work right now, but I feel like I'm just so busy that I don't even know if I want to work right now. That's fair. Because I'm just too busy to like actually think about it.
0: That's like kind of a nice mental state to be in where
1: I don't know. <laughs> Just like willingly go with the capitalist machine.
0: Yeah, but you're in, a. I I mean, you're in an arguably pretty, like you're kind of removed from capitalism. Yes, yeah, a true. little bit. You um, teach
1: people that capitalism is an option.
0: <laughs> true. I But there are moments when I'm like, I, I always sort of think of uh, universities and, and education as separate from it. But there are moments in college when I was like, Oh, Western kind of has to operate like a business. Like, yeah. So That's the side sur- I work in now. Yeah. There's little surprises like that that you learn uh, the further you remove yourself from it. Um, Mikey told us he doesn't have a voice, and I gave him the option to do text-to-speech to participate in the podcast, but he denied it. Hello. Yeah, hello. My name is Mikey. I am here. Um, <laughs> so we wish him the best. He went home sick yesterday and i think he's probably still
1: sick and stayed home but yeah because he's eating those final fantasy cup noodles like oh, is a i don't
0: is know is that why he's sick or is that what he's doing because he's sick
1: i don't know those things like around lately and people are losing their minds over them my brother about, did at least about shout out to eric yeah uh yeah i think actually his friend like was the one that bought the pack but i saw a picture on my, on my brother's facebook that was like look at these final fantasy cup noodles
0: I remember yep. seeing the um there's like a quest in Final Fantasy fifteen where you like talk to a noodle mascot or something or you go get cup noodle for someone. I I don't know. Yeah.
1: Um and, and then you like can get a hat, I think, in the game. Yeah. A cup noodle hat. So shout out to instant ramen. Shouts out to instant ramen, indeed.
0: Uh what have you been playing this week? Ah.
1: Uh- uh so this week the the world of warcraft expansion was announced and won, went on like pre-sale and i bought that and haven't uh, it. did
0: you have to wait in the in a virtual queue to get it
1: no, no i worked at a job until five o'clock oh, and then okay. i went home and bought it without any line at all
0: oh okay so the so, queue was for people who don't have a job <laughs>
1: well no i yeah so there was this like virtual queue that people were waiting in to purchase the game, which was pretty wild, because I think that they announced it somewhere between, like, 10 and noon on Tuesday. And so when they announced it, people immediately signed on to the Blizzard website to buy it. And then they, they got put in a queue, and we're super hyped about the queue. And, I mean, like, is what is World of Warcraft but waiting in queues? I don't know. So. I've never played WoW. So. Exactly. There's <laughs> a lot of waiting sometimes. Yeah. But... Yeah, so the new expansion adds a whole new, like, 10 levels to the game. Uh, a new zone where you level and both, like, do end game content at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least three or six new races for you to play as, and you have to actually recruit them this time, which Whoa. is cool.
0: Entirely they, new races,
1: huh? They're not new. They're just, like, variations of, like like, different oh. factions of, oh, oh, like, oh. existing races. And so that's fine it adds variety to the game and uh i think the coolest part is that unlike other expansions some of that content is available now and then they they really they added the release date it will be september 21st of this year so interesting what's really like really the honestly the best part about world of warcraft lately is they've just been incredibly consistent with timelines and like getting things out mm-hmm. and so in past years it's in like past expansions it's taken weeks or maybe even months to get from like one uh to get from one patch to another because maybe they're just like short staffed or something but now there's been this really consistent like 11 week like span of time between between major content patches and so you have yeah. about 11 weeks before the new stuff comes out of course that's going to be a little longer now with the expansion till September but in the yeah. meantime they've like already added some content to the game and there will be another pretty big content patch before like expansion comes out.
0: That's kind of a cool way of doing... Uh, of, of building up hype, I guess, for the, for the expansion. You know, of, yeah. like, getting people yeah. engaged and
1: excited for it. Um, yeah. It's yeah. kind of funny. Folks, like, uh, a, a couple of friends of mine were like already talking about, like, oh, I want to come back and play, and, and myself and a couple other people have just been like, uh, don't do that right now, because honestly, like, while they are releasing stuff, it's like, you're going to hit a wall pretty quickly, where if you just, like, want to keep playing new stuff, you won't experience that.
0: Yeah. Huh. Interesting.
1: It's, it's, it's quick to get caught up, I guess, is the thing. And, and once you're caught up with the endgame content, unless you really want to dial into it, like I kind of do sometimes, or I, I yeah. do, then unless you, if you don't want to get caught up into it, then, like, it's you, you want to wait, like, maybe three weeks before the expansion comes out. Because hmm. then you'll have, like, a pretty steady stream of stuff. But
0: it's it's pretty crazy i i guess i never would have expected that in 2018 they'd still be making expansions for for a while i know like you know it's all just like they're all just keeping it alive until two lines intersect on a on a graph and they decide that it's not worth it anymore but it's amazing that it's still you know profitable in a sense where they can just like kind of crank this stuff out every two years or so or whatever it is and, and just like keep it alive
1: yeah, I think part of it is just the fact that like it provides an experience that like a consistent experience you just don't get from other like MMOs these days. And so yeah. like when you just want that. It's like it's my it's my Zen game, I keep calling it, because it's like Yeah. I know exactly how it functions. I know what buttons to press and it keeps me busy. And lately it's kept me even more busy because Blizzard's been very consistent.
0: Yeah. Well that's cool. Uh, I'm excited to hear hear more. Um as yeah. the only person who who plays WoW that I know? You, you need to keep me in the loop.
1: Yeah, dude. Um, you can always play, dude. You want to play yeah. World of Warcraft?
0: Yeah, I am curious what it's like for someone who's never played to just like hop in now, 13 years at, or whatever it is after it's been out.
1: I mean, it's a lot better because they introduced world scaling to the entire yeah. like level scaling to the entire game. But that's
0: right. You're talking about that. If, at the
1: end of the day, if you don't like that MMO, MMO loop, then like you'll get bored.
0: Yeah, I, I think that like a game Destiny's not an MMO, but it is an MMO. Yeah. Um, I think that that, that loop needs to be distilled down in a way that destiny does it for me, uh, for it to be worth it yeah. or like the loop needs to be tied around, uh, insanely tight gameplay that feels good all the yeah. time. Like it feels good to just to run around in destiny. Like even if yeah. you're not really shooting anybody, it, I love navigating its, its environments and stuff. So,
1: yeah wait can we get this like let's jump into this a little bit do you think you're gonna play destiny 2 again
0: (laughs) it's funny i i picked up the the first expansion i didn't even finish any of the story content that came with it um and i found that i was not i mean i think mikey and i talked about it um on an episode that you weren't on when we were kind of doing our big destiny 2 like deep dive thing
1: yeah i listened to it But, but it's been a while
0: yeah, I am trying to even remember if we touched on everything, but like at the end of the the end game um isn't great. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that the the loop of repeating missions um and like doing your weekly challenges once you kind of like see through it all, you realize that you're doing every, like everything you're doing is pointless. Right. Because um instead of having like unique gear that has a higher level i think the raid gear does this but i'm never going to be able to have enough time or friends to get into a raid party um like higher level gear is tied to your level as opposed to unique pieces of gear so you could be getting like pretty average looking or average common types of gear but it has a higher level and you just like pick that because it's like better uh-huh. I don't know if I'm trying to. I'm not really explaining this correctly, but there's just, it, everything just feels pointless. And once you see through it all, it's like insanely pointless. Well, yeah, that's how fun it is.
1: And that's the MMO like like aspect to it where uh, it's all about the item level. It's all about like the gear score, as sometimes mm-hmm. they used to call it in World of Warcraft, where like you could have an, an item that has a really cool effect. Like oftentimes, like you could have a set bonus where you have like three yeah. of the same types of like like armor set, but you end up just like swapping it out and losing the bonus because you got like a shoulder item that just like yes. is 5 points higher.
0: And and Destiny lets you infuse things, but once you found something that you like, you're kind of just playing with the same shit forever yeah. and you're just like increasing your light level which is worth it if you're trying to do high level end game stuff, but like as I just said, I don't have a consistent fire team like right. And I didn't even when everyone I knew was playing it. Like um it's just not built for uh my my particular lifestyle i guess um yeah. as much as i love playing it so yeah. to answer your original question like if they had substantial good story stuff and they make honestly it'd be really cool if they just like had single player only end game content i don't know what that would look like you know but like just because you are in mmo mode it like doesn't mean you can alienate the people that want to play solo i guess um yeah i don't know what it's like for wow when you're playing by yourself but i'm sure they lock away some stuff too like raids i can't imagine doing a raid by yourself
1: you can there's a lot better looking for group system in in wow than in destiny where like you can if you just want to like experience the raid for the story and like do the bare minimum like of mechanics and get like okay like loot from it you can do what's called looking for raid Mm -hmm. and it's kind of just like a very it's just a very like Dumbed down version of the raid where you get the story, you get to like fight the big bosses with like a group of like you know 25 people. Um, it's not ideal, but like I remember having a lot of fun with it when I first came back to WoW back in 2014. Hmm. Um, and so you can play solo, but I think that it does you, you hit a wall about like the quickest when you play solo. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of the like fun of the game is like either PvP where you do ranked PvP with people you know, or, like, Mythic Dungeons, where it's, like, a dungeon with a specific modifier that makes it more challenging than than usual, but um, yeah, Destiny, I don't know, their whole, like, I, I, one of the things that makes me really not want to go back to it is just the fact that it, like, the community just seems so toxic, and the developers just seem so, like, like, they really, like, sincere in that they really want to, like, help fix things, but, like, it just all doesn't seem like a good situation.
0: I'm kind of with you. It's a phenomenon that I've just sort of observed as a, cause I haven't really been playing much. Actually, I actually haven't played since like the week that the expansion came out. Um, but you're right. I, I <clears throat> the, the, the community seems like incredibly demanding. And instead of like sticking to their laurels and like making a game with a, like a vision or a design vision. And I, I'm not trying to like say lazy devs or whatever. Like no. that's not what I'm getting at. But the impression that I get just as someone watching is that they're very quick to be like, Oh, whoa, okay. The fans want this. We'll do this. Or like, we we heard you. We'll, we'll retract this. And we will basically, they're just like, it's kind of like designed by committee where people, not everyone in the community wants the same thing. And, you start chipping away at things, and you kind of create what you ended up with with Destiny One, like at the very right. end of its development cycle. Like, what's different about what what will set Destiny Two apart from Destiny One after they've like reintroduced things that were in Destiny One or changed the core game to, you know, provide a similar experience?
1: Right. Yeah. And it. I mean, it sounds like there's like an equal amount of voices saying, "You did so much right at the end of Destiny One. Like, what the hell?" And then an equal amount of voices that are saying, like, why are you trying to make this game Destiny One? Like we want something new. I I do
0: not envy Bungie. Like I don't want to I wouldn't hate to be in their position right now.
1: I mean, yeah, do do you think that like are they making a mistake? Like being so like public and like open about their like development cycle and and their conversations. I mean like I think neither of us are in the loop as to what those are, but it sure sounds like they're they're being very like open and transparent about like, yeah, we're trying this out to see if it works, but it might not work. Is that
0: a good uh, thing or a bad thing? Uh, I, I don't know if I can say definitively, you know, like, cause there's, a, there's two extremes where they're overdoing it and nothing's exciting or fun anymore or that they don't say anything and everyone's just mad. Yeah. But so I guess they're probably doing the right thing. They've, they just put out their development roadmap for the next like season and a half or something. Yeah. Like they've got like details for each patch that will hit in the next couple months. Um, and because I'm so out of it. I read it and I was like, I don't know what any of this means anymore. I agree. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> um, so I, you know, who knows if people, people that an article I read about that roadmap thing said that the fans seem to react positively to that. So that's good. I, yeah. I don't know. let um, we'll find
1: out. I mean like the other thing that like catches my attention all the time is the fact that like, whenever I like see any posts from the subreddit, it's like, the top post right now is "Please stop re- reskinning guns and armor, Bungie. We're not stupid." Oh,
0: okay. Well, or, that seems like a like a reactionary redditor. I don't know.
1: I mean, it, it's just full of them, though, man. Yeah. like Uh, Bungie, while you're improving the game, how about patching the spawning glitch in Leviathan? And like, yeah, I don't know. There's just more. I like we're not gonna go in the toxic, but there's a lot of toxic. So I'm definitely.
0: Um, I okay. hope it gets better. Me too. Um, I touched on it briefly last week, but I have completed the main storyline of Celeste and you, oh, yeah. you, you got to hear me and, or see me and Mikey talk about it via the text, like group chat all week. Um, but I think I can speak for Mikey and that we both really, really love this game. Um, and just as a reminder, it's a, uh, a 2d platformer with kind of like a, um, a really nice. Pixel art aesthetic that doesn't really like reference or try to be in a retro game, but it basically looks like if you're familiar with Matt Thorsten's other games, Towerfall, it sort of looks like that, but just um instead of like a confined arena, you're navigating through environments. Um and I was wrong. Last week I said that it was room-based, where like you would try to complete a room and then move on to the next like frame. But um some of the puzzles I'm gonna call them puzzles because each each like section feels like a little mini puzzle or like each chapter feels like a collection of small platforming puzzles. Um, each puzzle can, um, extend beyond just like a single frame and it, and it moves fluidly. I was sort of expecting it to be like, uh, the end is nigh. If you remember what that one looked like from like kind of edge edge of the screen to the next edge of the screen, it would like shift. Um, anyway, so yeah, like, uh, if you're familiar with games like Super Meat Boy, it plays very similarly to that except you um you're a little bit more limited I would say. Like you have a sta- like a you have stamina and if you jump around too much or grab onto the wall too much, you will you've got a certain amount of time that you can do that before you just like slide and fall off. And uh it's also very demanding of you and it like expects you to nail its uh gosh, I don't know. Like it's, it's the controls are, they really do serve the puzzles really well. And yeah, like it it requires pixel precision in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, but as we mentioned last week, it's very forgiving in that like you die, you kind of blow up like mega man and you're taken right back to the beginning of the puzzle. Um, but aside from the platforming, which like is not a surprise that someone made a really good platformer in 2018. Like there's so many of them. Right. Um, the story is actually really surprising and a really prescient and like touching look at mental illness, friendship, um, like living with your inner demons in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like surprisingly effective. And I was, I found myself like completing each, um, each chapter excited to see what it was going to present to me with the developing story. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I would highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in that. Like, it is a very difficult game, though. And I was trying to imagine, like, it's funny, like the the group of hardcore players of platformers like this, Meat Boy and uh others, um, are like not used to seeing stories like this in a game. Right. So I was like, oh, I really wish that like someone like my wife or people who aren't super into platformers like this could experience the story and play it and enjoy it the same way I am which is like analyzing a, a room going through each of my moves figuring out the correct order and direction to like combine everything to make this happen in a really pixel perfect way right i wish they could combine all that with a really great story and even as i'm saying all this now i'm remembering that they have an accessibility option which lets which, le- which lets you literally like turn the speed of the game down and give you an extra dash and stuff so like yeah people who aren't into this sort of game can still experience everything it has to offer at their own pace. And there's no penalty for any of that, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. I think that's cool. I I, like, honestly though, like games that are like described as like difficult and like, Mm -hmm. uh, like, I don't know. think like when when it's compared to meat boy, I'm just like,
0: no thanks. So I'm normally with you and difficult might not be the best word. It's like, challenging and i and i mean that in the way that it like <clears throat> i think a lot of people conflate the two but to me there's actually like a a pretty big distinction between something that's difficult and something that's challenging like something that's challenging you know it takes what you know and adds an extra layer to make it a little bit more engaging and to make you right. like, try a little harder right i think celeste is challenging because every puzzle and I was talking to Charlie about this over DM, like, because he's playing it too. Uh-huh. He described he described it as like sensible. Like you see it, and almost immediately, every time I, kn- I knew exactly what I had to do, it was just like making it happen. That was the challenge.
1: That's how I feel about math homework.
0: But exactly, it feels I'm like enjoying the math homework I'm, I'm doing. Yeah, and see, that was my problem. I never finished Meat Boy because that felt, and it's been a while. I haven't played it in a while. But that one felt, like, difficult and almost unfair in a lot of ways. Yeah. There are very few moments in, in Celeste where I feel like, aside from, like, D-pad issues with the Switch, because it's not a perfect D-pad, uh, there are very few times where I thought that the game was screwing me over. Right. Um, It was all my fault. Right. And, like, a lot of really cool games, like or, like, a lot of really good puzzles or Dark Souls bosses or... I don't know, like, when you finally stop for a second after, like, literally hundreds of attempts at a certain room and just slow down and actually think about all the right button prompts and everything you have to do, do, like, it's like butter. It just feels so good to, like, finally nail a puzzle because then it feels easy. Then it feels like you're doing something... It feels like going back to, like, an earlier level in an RPG and just, like, destroying all the... Uh, like entry-level noobs like our uh, minions or you know like that that sort of feeling of accomplishment feels really cool
1: because you like get the language of the game at that point and yeah maybe you've done it before but like you totally know where it's going when you're like in that moment yeah and you're playing it yeah so is a really cool
0: game and the story uh i was not expecting it to be as like thoughtful as it was and that's kind of doing a disservice to it you know like not expecting it to be good, but I was really surprised by by what it had to say. And a, a lot of times, you can tell a game of, uh, tell a story in a game about mental illness, and run into some tropes or stereotypes. But this like makes you think it might be going down some of those roads, and then it it like kind of flips it flips it on its head, and it's more about like acceptance and living with who you are, and not trying to like throw away a part of you or overcome a part of you. You're like working with the negative aspects of your personality. Um, and like we were talking about with night in the woods, like the main character is relatable, but she's not always like a good person. You know what I mean? And right. I, I think that that's really cool. So
1: perhaps that makes her more relatable.
0: Exactly. Um. of course I've been playing more PUBG. I played a couple rounds with Evan the other night. Um, and because, uh, this will tie into like a topic, um, we'll, I'll talk about it later though. Uh, I played around a Fortnite battle Royale.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: I didn't, um, I didn't love it, but that's just because I didn't have a lot of time with it. Right. Um, did you dip your toes back in overwatch?
1: Uh, yeah, I played a little bit of overwatch. Um, I think just like, because we're, I was on plate last night and people were like, let's play overwatch. Mm
0: Uh,
1: I got, I think I got like top kills as like soldier, like right off the bat. And it always feels like I do very well when I take time off from the game and then I come back and I have like a couple good games where, regardless of who I'm playing with, whether I'm alone or whether I'm with like my friends who are much higher skilled than me, Mm -hmm. I have like one good game where I'm like gold eliminations, gold objective kills. And so that was cool. And so I was having a lot of fun with uh soldier and Orisa last night, and then I played a little bit of, of Mercy because I think she gets like a patch every week.
0: Yeah, I saw some other things going around about how they change Mercy again.
1: Have you have you played what, since her Res became like a long cooldown? <laughs>
0: no. I, I I meant to, but I, I, I haven't
1: yet. It's weird because I think like one of the one of the barriers for like your skill as Mercy is understanding when. Is the right time to use that because mm-hmm. I was playing on a team with a r- random person that was playing Mercy and they kept trying to res me in the middle of a battlefield. And it was like, why are you doing this? Like, the entire enemy team is like, like, yeah, attacking you, and then they die, and then it'd be like, whatever. Like, I guess you didn't waste anything, but right, you're
0: dead. So that's sort of how I felt every time I got my olden uh, in the old version of Overwatch with Mercy, and I. I still never really felt like I was using it effectively.
1: Yeah, I guess the the difference is now like it's like a three or four second cast, and so they can oh, be mid cast wow. and die, and then the res doesn't go through.
0: Yeah. Shit. Okay. Interesting.
1: Whereas before you could just like fly in, res, and then immediately die. Now it's like fly in, try to res, die.
0: Oof. But that sounds kind of rough.
1: Yeah, it's Overwatch. It's, it's still. I don't know, the game still feels consistent, so... Yeah. That's what that's what matters for a competitive shooter. Yeah.
0: Wow, that game is still $40. Or still yeah. 60 if you get the Game of the Year edition. That's crazy. Th-
1: it still goes on sale, though, so... Yeah. It drops, like, at, 50%. I was looking at the Blizzard launcher. I think it's going to be a game like CSGO, or at some point, just, like, everyone's going to have Overwatch, or, like, yeah. you're never going to actually want to have played it, like... Right. I feel like a lot of people have it now.
0: Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I would, um, I would consider picking it up on PC if it ever went on like a pretty significant sale. Uh, um, and then, like
1: hots, but lots yeah, hots blaze is a cool character. He charges in and starts fires. That's cool. Um, but tell me about Fortnite though.
0: Yeah, well, Grace came home the other day or messaged me at work or something, and she's like, "Have you heard of Fortnite?" And I was like, "I'd never talked about it around her just just by chance, you know." Right. Um, and I was like. Oh yeah, and I I kind of just like knew that she was talking about um the Battle Royale version because that's that's like all anybody plays. Yeah. Um and I was like, yeah, like it's it's uh it's cool. I I think a lot of people really like it. It's just not it's just like not my speed. It's not for me. And she was just telling me about how a coworker showed her a like had like saved <clears throat> one of his win clips from the Battle Royale mode. And like shared it around the office for for some reason, which <laughs> seems a little weird at work. Would not um, at my work. No. And uh, so like that, you know, we got home and I I remember that it's free on consoles and and I I downloaded it and I I just like played it while she was sitting on the couch and uh I man I I had played it when it first came out in July the um the battle royale mode but I I cannot get into it. I think it's mm. like... I've seen clips because I watched uh, Kotaku's highlight reel, you okay. know? Um, and people get really good with the crafting and building, and I think that that's what sets this one apart. Because like, the guns don't feel good, the melee combat doesn't feel good, moving right. around does not feel good to me at all. Right. Um, I don't know if you've tried playing base Fortnite or, or, or this version. Uh, no, I had friends
1: who played it, but they quickly like got sick of it.
0: Yeah. Um... I would recommend just like trying it, like just sure. trying the battle royale mode just to see if you like it. Cause they're making sure. changes to that, that like set it up, make it like a distinct thing gameplay wise from the base game. So like, I think right. they added bullet drop. They added all this weird stuff to make it more like PUBG. G. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't last very long and I was still getting used to the controls and I, I feel like there was stuff that was limiting, uh, using a, uh, a gamepad versus mouse keyboard. So like Mm. there's so many different factors that went into like my not enjoying it. But I also just don't think that it's particularly compelling. Uh, if you're not into that, like, um, base building or like really quickly building something just to tear it down and setting traps and winning
1: that way instead of just like traditional running gun or like the aesthetic. I don't know if that's fair, but I'm not crazy about that either. Yeah. I don't care about how it looks or care for how it looks at all. It just is like, I don't know, like you got yeah. this kind of blocky cell-ish shaded textures and mm-hmm. like very just like caricature looking people. And it's I just like, I don't care.
0: Yeah, it's whole like attitude or style is not for me either. It kind of feels like bad Team Fortress in a way. Yeah. Um And, you know, like to each their own. People really like it. And I think... I can't tell if they, like, learn to like it because it's free and they play it for a while. Um, or but, yeah, you, if it's actually tapping into a certain, you know, aesthetic desire for a lot of people. But I think it's kind of ugly.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, jumping into, like, one of our topics, it sure feels to me, like, when I'm talking to people, especially, like, random people that I haven't, I don't really, like, aren't really within my circle, at least, like, yeah. when I first meet them. Yeah. People are, like, playing, like people are talking a lot about Fortnite, and i've also noticed that a lot of like random folks that i like interact with and like I'm like oh, i play a lot of video games and they're like oh me too yeah. like are talk about like how they're playing like heroes of the storm and other other like uh i guess like games that i wouldn't expect them to be like playing if only mm-hmm. because when i think of heroes of the storm i immediately think of like league of legends or dota 2 and with Fortnite, are, like
0: very hardcore kind of like toxic communities and yeah
1: yeah or just like very like widespread it's kind of like yeah. uh someone telling you like i don't know like it's it's like the it's like a person like in in seattle telling you or yeah it's kind of like a a person in seattle telling you like oh i like soccer and you ask them like oh like go sounders right and then they're like oh no i'm a timbers fan and you're just like yeah. <laughs> oh like that's really interesting because like it really feels like this is a Like league of legends dota 2 market and sure i play hots all the time but like i am always surprised when people aren't playing hots yeah or are playing hots yeah yeah cool
0: yeah i think it's cool i think also you and i in particular are a little our our experience our expectations might be a little colored because of a couple of things like valve is headquartered in bellevue so like it feels like a a local thing the international is here in seattle all the time or every year um, but also, you and I listen to Rebel, and sure. every time someone like tells Arthur that Hots is popular, he, he kind of just like shrugs it off and just says, "Yeah, but Dota 2. Um,
1: yeah, and and I think until 2015, my friends were that same person too. Yeah, were, like I would be like, "Hots is cool. I get to play as Diablo," and they'd be like, oh, pff, "But Dota too." And now they yeah. are now they all played it like Hots,
0: and that's not to say that Arthur Geese is like being a snob about it i just think that you and i have like expectations about how popular certain games are
1: yeah and then um, i also have friends who are like no nope, don't like i wouldn't say identify as like people who love league of legends like league of legends mm-hmm. like 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 players as much as they're just like oh yeah well like we're really into esports and like league of legends is like the fucking esport
0: yeah i find my i find that like people who wouldn't normally call themselves gamers play a lot of wall or something like yeah it's weird but more of a, more uh, of sport. I noticed, I noticed this phenomenon with uh exactly people who are very into sports i r l also seem to like wall more than others, which is interesting
1: yeah, it's good um, for eSports I guess yeah
0: um this reminds me of when everyone was playing hearthstone, like when it first came out, I felt like everyone I knew was playing hearthstone, yeah, people who didn't care about games were playing hearthstone
1: yeah um, I heard someone i full disclosure, I'm taking a class right now uh, yeah at. At Western, where I work, and in pre-calculus, so I'm in a math class with a bunch of like, uh, very likely like first-year students or like, yeah, like students who students, I guess, young, a- younger people than me, uh, by an, a growing, embarrass, an embarrassingly growing <sighs> amount. And uh, someone behind me today said, like, oh, like yeah, I play Hearthstone. It's kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh. And I was just, I was taken aback. I love By that it. comment. Was, I think the most common comparison
0: moment. is like magic, right? Not necessarily uh, Yu Gi Oh!
1: Yeah, but on our in our ivory towers on our high horses. That's oh, yeah.
0: Yes, us olds. Um,
1: it's cool they play Hearthstone. And they also yeah. play Overwatch. Overwatch really is really popular too. Yeah.
0: Um, about Fortnite, though, I think I'm particularly hearing uh, more about Fortnite from people who uh don't play PC games because yep. it beat it beat PUBG to console and it's free so like you're going to get a like kind of a you're going to get like a more casual audience of of people i guess or 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 more console focused audience talking about it um for the first time
1: a uh, a couple of students that work for me uh seem to talk about Fortnite as though it's like a playstation 4 exclusive
0: isn't that crazy yeah yeah and that's the thing like they not only did they beat them to console they beat them they beat pubg to ps4 and xbox but like you know who knows if pubg is even going to come to ps4 um
1: i think it will well i guess maybe not who knows there's a lot of speculation about microsoft going around right now i know
0: uh so yeah i I, i'm with you it's it's weird it must be what it's like to be a pc gamer is to hear hear people talking about games that you've like known about or like wouldn't expect to be very popular but just because they have the audience like they can kind of and and a good hook like the battle royale hook works for fortnite even if i don't like it like that's a cool thing and it's still new to people that never played PUBG. like a lot of people played fortnite battle royale before they ever played PUBG.
1: part of also, Rhodes, part of being a PC gamer is hearing people talk about this and knowing deep down that they're absolutely wrong and you're the only right thing in the world. Absolutely right. And and you should con- strongly consider going on the internet and telling people that, whether it's in a podcast or yeah. in comments on something. So.
0: Thank you for being our advocate, our yeah. gamer, our PC gamer advocate.
1: You should make someone feel really bad about themselves so that you feel good about yourself. Once a day.
0: That's the motto of the PC gamer. That whole fans, of the,
1: fans of the genre, we're jerks.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> well... Ryan's a jerk um so uh Red Dead Redemption 2 you gonna play that game
1: no I mean (laughs) oh good yeah I can think more about it
0: about how you don't want to play it
1: (sighs) yeah I don't know like I don't I'm sure we talked about this already but it's like I can't think of a like compelling reason to play the game other than like it would it's gonna be a cool like immersive like worlds, like yeah they're gonna put a lot of money into making that that world feel like it's alive and that's great but then you immediately start playing the story and it's like i don't know like i'm waving my arms up and down i don't really like know what what would compel me to to (sighs) want to sink 40 hours into it
0: yeah i i don't know either and there was a time when i would have been really hyped for a like another gta style a red dead style open world game like this yeah but i just i played gta 5 for a bit and i like i enjoyed it and i loved what you could do driving around and like people love those those games for like kind of the same reasons they might love uh moments in breath of the wild where just like things happen with you by interacting with it and i like that too yeah um And, you know, Red Dead, despite it being made by by Rockstar, has a little less of that, like, kind of shitty American, like, commentary satire thing. And it's a little less, like, overtly, I mean, it's still pretty sexist and and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of you could blame that on the setting and all that, whatever. But, like, it it doesn't revel in that stuff nearly as much. So, like, part of me wants to be more attracted to it. But there's just something about it that I can't. I don't care about. It um, doesn't
1: like doesn't like deep dive into that like meta satire. Like it's more yeah. trying to be like a self-serious yeah. tale of a cowboy.
0: And people can talk all they want about how great Red Dead story was. Like I've met, I've said it on this podcast before. As soon as you get to Mexico, that game grinds to a halt. And I don't care how good the layered music is toward the end or the stuff you do at the very end. Like I man, it that game is not that To me it's not that great. And sure. I I uh I did not like it that much. Um so I don't know.
1: Uh now it's delayed so
0: we have more time to think about it. Blah blah blah. Oh, well, yeah, um, and
1: like the other other thing too is like it's delayed till October, which is like a big month for people or for mm-hmm. companies releasing games that they want you to buy for your loved ones and yourself for the holidays. Yeah. And so like it's like you need to it becomes a business decision where where you need to decide, like, when is the next Call of Duty going to come out? Because people also, like, are going to block for the new Call of Duty as long as it's not a premise that's going to immediately turn them off. Like, yeah. Infinite Warfare. we
0: something. saw this last year with Wolfenstein 2, Mario Odyssey, and Assassin's Creed all launching on the same day, right? Right. Um, and I don't know, those all seem different enough in their own ways to, like, not... Like, you, like the hardcore gamer is probably going to buy two of those, right? Right. Like they're going to be fine or their, their respective audience will buy one and it'll like, they'll each fill their own individual buckets or something. But yeah, like red dead is a mammoth, like rockstar games sell like crazy. And especially with like the reputation for the online for GTA online, like what that could bring to red dead and like the possibility of a battle Royale mode or something like, um, yeah, you know, I, I doubt Call of Duty would move. I doubt a Battlefield would, like, move or change its state. But, like, some of those lesser-known games who are set in stone are going to kind of get screwed over if they launch on the same day as Red Dead.
1: Yeah, I guess we don't really know what's going to come out this holiday season. Games like Anthem were pushed back. Yeah. Um, God, it's fucking February. I don't even know why we're talking about the holidays yet. but I know. <laughs> it
0: does feel uh, like it's not that far away, though, in a really bizarre way.
1: just want the video games i think Um, red dead will be a great game for a lot of people and totally like it's gonna dominate that month and i wonder no it's not gonna come out on switch but everyone's gonna want it to come out on switch
0: (laughs) yeah that's like the 2018's motto
1: god rockstar if you're listening um i still wouldn't buy it no so yeah
0: uh that got delayed it's gonna mess up some some games release and it's not gonna matter
1: to you as a consumer
0: that's right. Um, but you did talk about Anthem being delayed, which, you know, I don't know if I ever really expected that game this year, but also part of that same call, I think, or part of Jason Stryer's reporting over at Kotaku was, like, that all of Bioware is working on Anthem now, and, it like, their life as a studio or their vitality as a studio kind of depends on that game doing well. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. And, like, I think it was you follow at yelix on twitter alex perry uh Uh, i've seen him retweeted a bunch yeah people we follow maybe it was him or someone else was like man it must suck to work for a studio where like you are basically a line item on a spreadsheet or like or like yeah you're not really making a product to be enjoyed by people you're making a product that is solely to make money for the like for your publisher and you could boil down any game to that you know because every publisher wants to make money and all that but um
1: yeah I think it's just come to the point now where it's like any like if you are making a bargain with EA and people people have been saying this for years but it's like if you are like rooting for an EA game to be good or like to be what you want it to be like it's gonna be like it's gonna have a shadow of this like microtransaction profit forward-facing like thing where like even if you want to play star Wars battlefront 2 and ignore the the microtransactions like you know it's there and like it does it feels kind of icky maybe and like that's not to say the game is good or bad but like anthem's gonna come out and something about it is gonna feel icky because bioware has like like exhausted just about all of their like opera like their only opportunity with mass Effect to to like continue this like first like or single player experience and so Mm -hmm. now we're at this point where it's almost it almost feels as though like bioware has to like pay their dues and make ea money if you ever want to see another dragon age or god god help any of us another mass effect but right right I think I think that's what it is. It's this feeling of like Bioware has to, has to pay their dues now and do what Dice has done and do what I don't know whoever else is whatever else is there for EA at this point. Yeah, if, totally. It, it sure feels like EA is in hot water, but I they're not. Like as, they're, as, as they're not, not really. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so the other thing that came out of this that I just want to touch on real quick is that like. Uh, everyone at EA is scared of, like, the public reaction to Battlefront 2, and then no one really expected that loot boxes would be so contentious, you know? Yeah. Um, but also, Battlefront 2 sold, I guess, like a million short of what it needed to in order to, like, make it profitable or something. So it looks like soon they will be reintroducing microtransactions into Battlefront 2 after stripping them the day, the night before the game came out.
1: Yeah, and I will bet you that they will... Come out in front of that and like try to give you some sort of data and information. Like, yeah, "Yeah, we've rethought this like heavily after like you know copious amounts of player feedback. And I guarantee I feel as though like the game will be fine, but there, the perception is already there that that, like you are going to have a ridiculous, uh, a ridiculous advantage if you buy things. And so, like, I don't know, like, game's gonna come out or the microtransactions will come out as the game hits EA's access like vault, and then that'll be it.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, they did release... I can't see the date. On, oh, I guess it came out January 2018. They released a blog post on the Battlefront 2 site on EA.com. Um, they are working on a revamp progression system, but they'll be sharing details about it in March. It's like, what... <laughs> how long I guess they're like probably making really core fundamental changes to the everything about the game to make this progression mm-hmm. system work right so like I guess I understand why it's taking so long but at some point it's going to launch and it's not going to matter like the bad <clears throat> the bad blood's already there like people aren't are never going to be happy with this game and I haven't played it in a while and I'm actually just updating it now because I think I might hop on after our call mm-hmm. just to see what's going on Um but they've added like Last Jedi content, like a brand new planet, and there's going to be new game modes this month. There's a whole new season of Star Wars stuff coming up soon. Um, so, like, that's exciting. Like, the game is, I still think the game's pretty fun. I just wish that the progression system was better.
1: Yeah, I i think it's just too late for me. I want to pick it up. Oh, yeah,
0: I totally understand.
1: I, I, I mean like, a, a, of course, like, regurgitated opinion of, like, Rebel FM, but something that I'm really feeling is that, like, I think that Dice is just bad at progression systems. Totally.
0: I think that Battlefront 2 has or uh sorry, Battlefield yeah. One had one of the most incomprehensible progression systems I've ever seen in a game.
1: It was bad. And it, it was didn't... so
0: bad that I couldn't even get mad at it, I just ignored it. Like I yeah. had no idea what to do with that. Um and that was all crate based too, right? Like kind of like a b like a you picked up in game crates. I think I, had... I
1: think cosmetics were in crates, but then you could buy like you could earn money or buy money to, to purchase weapons, and so like, wow. yeah, and like the thing about like shooters, and because I don't have a lot of experience, like I, like by the time Modern Warfare Two came out, like I kind of just like was not into the multiplayer like uh, first person shooter like scene anymore. Like yeah. it, like loadouts and like having different weapons and like having them all being tied to like a progression system. It's just confusing to me because I'm, I think I'm just used to a very RPG style, like you go from a bad thing to an okay thing to a good thing to an amazing thing, right? You know, like there's a there's a there's a linear like progression system, and yeah. with like with like you know Modern Warfare two and other shooters, lead all the way to Battlefield one, it's like no, you actually have like 17 options of guns, and like seven of them are good, yeah, yeah, or are like meta, right?
0: Yeah, it's all.
1: God, I don't know. Any, anyway, so um, that that, a, that yeah, that's just like, I think dice, I think dice is gonna be going through some like, growing like some changes in the next year.
0: Yeah, I feel like, uh. You hear all these stories like visceral did a lot of the work on Battlefield Hardline and like yeah. dice's logo is still on that as is visceral, um, but like, dice is such a weird company because like. Yeah, they made Battlefront 2, but also EA Motive worked on it, and also criteria, like former mm-hmm. Criterion people, made the Space Combat. Like Dice just seems like a progression system shooter factory without any real like heart or soul. Right. It's it, it's, it's really sad to me actually when I think about like, you know, how how the studio must operate.
1: Feels so like piecemeal.
0: Yeah, it's weird. EA games yeah. sort of feel that way, especially with, like, the other big tentpole franchises, you know?
1: Yeah, because you don't get, like, the, the, the signature sort of developer vibe for a EA game, I feel like, as much as you do for, like... Naughty Dog. ...other studios. Naughty Dog is a good yeah. example, because it's, like, Motive did the story, and Dice did the shooting, and I don't know, whoever else is in EA, like, did this yeah. or that, so... Yeah. um. Just, Feels very focus groupy, almost like a Marvel movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) we can save our Kotaku. We have like a. I was sort of inspired by this like story that Gita Jackson wrote about um, students sneaking games into class, and Mm -hmm. I think it'd actually be more fun if Mikey were here to talk about our experiences of like bypassing proxies and playing flash games and being uh, bad boys and being bad boys. Yeah. Um. And then, aside from that, Dragon Ball Fighters came out last week, and everyone's talking about it and playing it. And I really want to revisit Dragon Ball. That's all I really wanted to say.
1: I'm excited for this. I bet Mikey's even more excited though.
0: Yeah. Well, he was telling me maybe before you joined the call last week, or maybe you were there, that he was uh, he played the beta for Dragon Ball Fighters and oh, got, he got shit beaten out of him. He got owned online. And now he's like not interested in the game anymore. But like, I don't know. One of us could get it and then like have a party and hang out and play it. And like, I think that'd yeah. be fun. So, anyway, I still um, want to play
1: it, but I don't. I I think actually I want to watch it more than I want to play it.
0: You're not much of a fighting game guy, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm right not a very for, competitive yeah, guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm much
0: more of like a let's all have fun together. I get that. Um, I think you can do that with fighting games without it being too much of like a competition, unless it's like yeah. me and me and Brandon get like very competitive in a very fun way when it's just the two of us playing a game against one another. That's cool. Um, but like I, I've been talking about this on the podcast for a while. Like I would love to have like a go-to fighting game. Um, mm-hmm. And for a while, like I wanted it to be street fighter five. I never picked it up cause I wasn't quite convinced that Capcom like was going to make improvements to that game. It sounds like street fighter five arcade edition is pretty cool, mm. but I don't want to like invest in that right now uh Tekken 7 might be it like I might pick that up but Dragon Ball seems like the perfect candidate and then I think after it that, is it will be because it's like as Jeff uh Gerstman says on Bombcast all the time like the combo system isn't that difficult it's a lot of quarter circles it's no like it's basically just like pulling off a bunch of Hadoukens over and over again which anybody uh who's played Street Fighter is familiar with I would imagine right so Yeah, that's that. Dragon Ball's cool. That game looks fucking rad. Have you seen the videos of people playing it with, like, super low-res textures to make it look like an old GBA game?
1: Yeah, I love that. That was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, Rose, at the end of the day, I guess video games are okay.
0: Yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't know how sincere you're being, but um, (laughs) I would come home every night stressed about one thing or the other or i'd ride the bus home and knowing that i could just like take out my switch and just like get lost in celeste for a couple hours while like the world went on around me was kind of kind of nice
1: i think my bit is actually just gonna be like i ended every pod with like i guess video games are fine okay yeah i'll let you do that without um, making it sincere let's try this again you know what Rhodes? i guess video games are okay
0: Damn, Brian. When you put it that way, you really changed my mind. Cause before that, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sold, I wasn't convinced.
1: You're not convincing anyone.
0: Well, you're, neither are you. Yep. Uh, that's gonna do it for us this week on Fans of the Genre. Thank you for listening to our show. Um, just a reminder, it's about video games. You can follow the show uh, on Twitter at Fans of Genre. Um, I've sort of commandeered that Twitter account. I just don't have the log
1: in right
0: now. I can give it to you. Yeah, um, give
1: it to me. I'll shitpost. post.
0: Yeah, it's hey, like my post. shitposting posting platform. Um, I think I've made it a sentient, uh, being that, um, is very funny. I'm very into, Twitter. I think it, I think it has the potential to be good. I agree. Um, if all of
1: us are are collaborating
0: um i'm on twitter at rhodes clark where i just bitch about work what about you
1: i'm at brian t swanson where i try to be very vague about where i work
0: well i'm vague about it too and i guess i don't really bitch as much about work i bitch about what do i bitch about lately? no my whole brand now hold on i gotta say it dilly 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 dilly, baby i think it's so funny fans Uh, of the
1: genre dilly dilly yeah
0: um mikey is at mikey krieger he's doing the right thing as are you, actually. I am I have a toxic relationship to Twitter. I'm on it too much, but you guys seem to be healthy about it. What? No. Really? No. Well, you don't tweet as much as I do.
1: I mean, but I like all of your tweets. And I, I, I wish I tweeted more.
0: Well, tweet more. Make Honestly, the best bad.
1: thing I've done for my mental health lately is taking a class where I put my phone on mute for an hour and I try to learn things. Maybe that's my problem. I need to go back it,
0: to school. I think, I think everyone uh, thank you to John Bash who recorded our theme song. Find more of his music at johnbash.com. He's also been blogging a little bit more about um his uh his work and and um why he doesn't accept work or he doesn't do stuff for free anymore, which I think is pretty cool. Um, check him out. That's it. As fans That's of the it. genre, we hope you found something to enjoy.
1: Come come back to you again next Friday. Hell yeah! Fresh and hot in your inbox wherever you prefer to get podcasts uh install the apple podcast app it's bad but rate us on there
0: first please do rate us on apple podcasts um but i like where you're going like i think we should start directly sending um podcasts via email to people now
1: Mm, email getting getting
0: it right in their right in their inbox setting up custom filters for fans of the we should text them
1: our podcast with like a really like sketchy link yeah
0: bit.ly slash
1: pork porn no just like l bit.ly slash capital p zero lowercase o i seven six five x two capital c
0: i wonder what that goes to have you tried that
1: oh but like yeah (laughs) okay bye bye